we are looking at the topic based on routine for the year. And who can remind me what you said last week about restoration? Who can remind me what the topic was just last week? Anybody can try? Yes, yes ma'am? Restoration began while lost. Let's clap for our sister. Hallelujah. <laughs> clap now. She reminded us. Let's clap for her. Restoration began, begins where love started. And where did love start? From the place where you lose the ownership. The ownership. Praise the Lord. And we were emphasizing on the fact that, you know, if you don't reclaim by that ownership and you are looking at restoration, you want it to be restored, you may just have a temporary return, but the ownership has not changed hands, devil can snatch it back from you again. Until the ownership change hand, then you can have what belongs to you and you can lay claim to it. And the devil does not have a chance to claim it back. Praise the Lord. But if your ownership has not changed hand, then you struggle. It could be a temporary relief. Praise the Lord. And you can see that in the life of the children of Israel. You know, when they traveled in the wilderness, and even when they go to the promised land, the Bible says that when they do evil, the Lord releases them to the hands of their enemy. And when they return back again, the Lord, you know, restores them back. So it's very important for us to, to understand that. And I could recall that one of the last things I did last week was to make an hunter call. But those that really want to change that ownership, they want to give their life to Christ. They say, I belong to Jesus now. And at the end of that, one person gave his life to Christ that day. And as I finished the service, I heard the Lord speaking to me that there are many people in the church on Sunday that hot to have released themselves that day. There's more than one person that needed that message at that hour, but has not responded. And he ended by telling me that attaining restoration is by choice. Attaining restoration is by choice. That's my message today. Please, can you put the message on the screen, please? I have it there. Restoration is by choice. It's on the outline. So attaining restoration is by what? By choice. You see, everybody wants restoration. There's not nobody that doesn't want something that they have lost. Not to be given back to them. But I can tell you that not everybody really work for the restoration. They desire it, but they don't really want it back because they cannot go for it. They cannot do what it requires to get it back. Praise the Lord. And that was why if you read the scripture very well, in John chapter 5, John chapter 5, when the Lord got to the pool of that pool, Bethesda, 
And Bible said that there was a man there who was lame. He was, you know, he has issues in his bodies. And the Lord asked him a question. The question seems very, you know, unreasonable. Somebody who was, was there for a purpose, who wants to be healed, and you are asking him, do you want what? To be made whole. Do you want to be made whole? You wonder, what? why that question? That was the purpose of him being there. But the truth is that it is not everybody that is sick that wants to be made whole. We are in the church today. This is the place of spiritual what? healing. Am I right? It is not everybody that is in church that wants to be healed spiritually. Praise the Lord. Do you believe that? Do you believe that some people come to church not, to, not, not for anything spiritual? You don't believe that? Ah, better believe oh. Because something that you are saying, I've been to church before, not because I wanted to come and worship. I just want to come and pray. When I was a teenager, I was born a Muslim. I was a Muslim. I was going to church with my friends to do what? To go and look for girls. That's the truth. That was my life. I was a teenager. I will not. What one thing I enjoy is the music. Even the saints finish, I come out and be waiting for them to finish service. And I will dress up in the morning, go to church. They are people that go to church today because they are looking for business network. Am I right? They, they, they go to a particular church because they are taking some chief executives. And once they see them, they look around. Is he around? Yes, they are around. Okay, I can, I can, I can relax. Okay. But if they are not around, they are lost something like that. Completely. What, what about the pastor saying? Just going like this. So Jesus asked him, do you want to be made whole? Because not everybody that is sick. It is not all sick people that desire to be well. It is not all sick people that desire to be well. I've shared a story here before. It's a story that our dad Gio shared long ago. For those of us that are familiar with his teachings of old, you may remember the story. One of the members of the church was very sick. She was very, very sick. And they have been praying for her to be healed. So they brought her to camp in Lagos, Nigeria, for her to pray with her. Daddy was praying for her. He said he was praying for her for a long time. And there was no answer. There was no response. And he said to go back to God, God, why? What is happening? This is your daughter. Heal her. And God asked him a question. He said that question surprised him. That I could be asking this question. He said, God asked him, have you asked her if she wants to be well? How can I ask somebody that is sick if she wants to be well? So go and ask her if she wants to be well. So reluctantly, in obedience, he went. He said, please, everybody, excuse me. I want to talk to her. And he called, he, he spoke to her. He said, there's a question I want to ask you. It's not me that is asking you. It's God that says, I should ask you. You have to understand with me. 
Say, what's the question? The question is that God says, I should ask you, do you really want to be well? He said the answer the woman gave to him was surprising. The answer was no. No, I don't want to be well. So he was shocked. How can you say you don't want to be well? So why? And the woman gave a reason. So even though I didn't pray to be sick, but one thing I have enjoyed since I became sick is that before I was sick, I never seen my husband for one day. But since I became sick, I have his full attention. He's always with me. I'm enjoying his presence. If I became well, he will go again. Surprise. That was what the woman said. I'm still alive, but let me be like this. At least I will see my husband. So for his her own personal reason, she wants to be really in that condition. Praise the Lord. So, yeah, the God has to come. If you don't want this one to die, you better promise her you will be with her all the time. Praise the Lord. And that's that was an experience that, you know, you, you feel like, how does that happen? And I have my own personal experience as well. Something that happened to me as a pastor. And this has to do with spiritual healing now. When I was still in Wari, Nigeria, there's a brother that came to our church. And when he came, you know, he was very zealous. You know, he was always coming to church every time. He gave his life to Christ. And I started following up with him, encouraging him. You know, he was in Sunday service, digging deep, faith clinic, vigil. He was always there. At that time, he was not working. And then I encouraged him again. Can you become a worker in the church? And he said, yes, I want to become a worker. And he went to workers in training. During the workers in training process, he got a job. And then he did the workers in training exam. He passed. He was to pray for them as workers in the church. I started looking for him. I didn't see him again. Where is the brother? So I started asking people, where is he? Where is he? So one day came to me and said, come brother, we have prayed for every other person that they were doing with you. Where have you been? I said, Pastor, you don't understand. What is wrong with you? Are we ba-? He said, well, he said, doesn't want to become a worker again. He said, I don't want to become a worker again. He said, why? He said, you will not understand. He said, I want to understand. Just tell me what is wrong, what's wrong with you. This was a brother that was on fire. You know, it's, he was always around for services. And he said, Pastor, the truth is that my job, the job I'm doing now, will not allow me to work. I said, is it because of your timing? Is it because we can, we can work around that? He said, no, 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 no. It's not timing. But the nature of my work will not allow me to become a worker. This is true love story. This happened to me. So what do you do? Say, I'm a VIO. So he, he, I think he had NC or OND. She just wanted to go to B. You know what VIO is? Vehicle inspection officer. I said, so what's wrong with that? Ah, he said, every day on the job, we take bribe. 
It was very plain to me. He said, we take bribe. Ah. I said, brother, you take bribe? He said, yes. I said, but <laughs> you should have not partake in the bribe. He said, there's no way I will not partake. <laughs> so there's no way I will not partake. So what do you mean? This is what I said, see, let me tell you. There's no operational allowance given to us. What we used to run our vehicle to maintain it, to buy fuel, is what? Bribe. So everything we do is based on bribe. So my conscience will not allow me to come and walk. I'll be pretending I'm a worker. And I don't want to lose the job. I've been looking for a job for a long time. So he chose his job over the work of God. And he walked away. His relationship with God was developing. But he chose at that time not to continue in that step. I just look at him and say, hey, brother, you can change this. No, no, brother, pastor, I need this job now. And you know one thing? The devil is a liar. The devil is a smart man. I thought to him, I said, do you know that whether God has a plan, better, better job for you, a plan for you, and you walk away from it. He said, but I don't have another job, and this is what I have. This is what I want to take. I couldn't convince him to change his mind. He was still coming to church, but spiritually, he was sick, and he was not ready to be healed. He knew it. He knew what he was going through. But he chose that. And I thought about it. I said, well, it is even better than people that they know what they are doing, but they still continue to do the work. Am I right? There are people that know that they are, what they are doing is bad, but they still continue to do the work. Besides, it's because you don't allow them to do it. Praise the Lord. That's what I will say in the book of Romans, Romans 8. 35 verse 9. Romans 35 verse 9. I want to put it there, please, on the screen. The message transmission. The scripture says, Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? It's a question. Do you think anyone will be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? Romans 8 35. Say, there is no way, no trouble, not at times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying, threats, not backsliding, not even the worst sin listed in the scripture. This is the confession of somebody. Nothing can separate him from the love. So they kill us in cold blood because they ate you. We are sitting dogs. They pick us off one by one. For those of us with our dear, the VG, we are looking at the book of Acts 12. You know, and you, you saw how, I would say, Herod killed James. And when he saw he pleased the Jews, what happened? He laid hand on who? Peter. Because one by one, say none of these faces us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced, tell your neighbor, I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, living or dead, 
angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has what? That's the expectation. Nothing should be able to separate you from the love of God. Absolutely nothing. And that's something you can imagine or unimaginable. Nothing should separate you. But how many believers can say that today? How many people in the church can say that today? How many will walk away when there's opportunity for restoration of their relationship with God? That's why I say attaining restoration is by choice. And in, in the other part of that, if you read from verse 31 to 34, it, it tells you, you know, how, 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 how much God did, how, how much he went to restore us back to him. The reason for the coming of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ is to restore us back to him, to reconcile us back to our God. That's why he came. So if you think about what he gave, then nothing should constrain you. Nothing should limit you. Nothing should debar you from worshipping him, from giving yourself in all to him. In Romans 8, the Bible says, so what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? You will not lose. I said you will not lose. So with God on your side, how can we lose if God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us? Embracing our condition and exposing himself to the world by sending his own son. Is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of the God's chosen? Who would dare no, thank you with God. Who would dare even to put a finger? The one who died for us, who, raised, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment. Do what? Seeking of us. He's our own cancer. He's our cancer. You know, representing us before God. When the accuser of brethren talks, he speaks for us. May you not lose that cancer. In the name of Jesus. May you not lose that kind in the name of Jesus. So when we talk about restoration. So the act of restoration starts from restoring you back to God. And that's why it's a choice. That you have to make. Why you want to have that relationship with God. Praise the Lord. It takes an effort. It takes you to lose something. To get something. Many do not want to lose some things. Because they value those things more than what they thought they would gain. Praise the Lord. If you go back to the story in the book of 1 Samuel 30. 1 Samuel 30. Remember that story when David and his brethren came back to Siglag? And when they met on the ground was destruction, devastation. Their family was gone. The enemy has taken them away. And they began to weep. They began to cry. They did a lot of things. The Bible says something. That David would do what? 
strengthened himself in the Lord. He asked for the effort. He prayed. He sought the face of God. He said, can I pursue? Can I overtake? God said, yes, pursue. You will overtake. And do what? Recover all. But I want us to point out to something in that scripture. When we get to verse 9, I'm just paraphrasing because of our time. When we go to verse 9, that will make us to understand the number of people that are with David. They all have lost their relations. They've lost their family. And they all wanted it back. They were all wailing, crying, because of what they have lost. So their desire is the what? To have it back. They are not there to just put their hands. No. They desire to have it back. But let's see what happened. In verse 9. So David went, he and six hundred men with him. And listen to this. They arrived at the brook vessel, where some of them did what? Drop out. They dropped out. That means at that point they said, well, I can't go again. That means maybe they are tired, they are weak. So they drive for them to recover, to get their family back. They have lost it at that point. Some drop out. You will not be dropped out, drop out in the name of Jesus Christ. You will make it to the end in the name of Jesus Christ. Bible says that he that lays hand on the cloth and look at what is what is not fit for the kingdom of God. I repeat, you will not drop out. In the name of Jesus. See, some of them dropped out. David and 400 men kept up the pursuit. Again, say, but 200 of them were what? Were too fatigued. They were too fatigued. I think we're in verse 10 now, please. Verse 10. They were too fatigued to cross the blue vessel and stay there. They were too tired to pursue. They don't, they are not thinking about what they have lost again. They started thinking about themselves. They started thinking about themselves. So they, they stayed behind. And the, the remaining went with David. They pursued these people. They recovered all. Praise the Lord. And I just imagine, when they brought their relations back to them, you know, the people that, that dropped her, that stayed behind, and they brought their wife back to them. They said, you are her, wife, I love you. I love you, I miss you so much. What do you think the woman will be talking about? Where were you when the other, other men were looking for us? Where were you? You know? Praise the Lord. The desire was there, but they don't, they don't give enough. Brethren, Bible says, from the day of John the Baptist, even up to when? Now, the kingdom of God was sovereign violence, and violence take it by force. Temptation will come, trials will come. Attempting to drop, to, 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 to make you to drop out of the race. Will you be able to withstand? I've seen people that have decided that because of their job, they had a career. No? The, the bosses were asking them for something that 
shouldn't be doing. They have to do it because they want to keep their career. Or they lose their job. Praise the Lord. It's happening. Believers, in quotes, they, they seem to be under prayer to do things that are against the will of God. And they, they say you have to do it because if they don't do it, they will lose their job. I've seen somebody in my place where, where I was working before. They promoted him to a higher position. He said he doesn't want promotion. I don't leave me where I am. I don't want promotion. Because where he is, he's making money there. Praise the Lord. So I don't want promotion. I'm not looking for money. I need money. And I you know one thing. When the next severance was coming, he was the first released. Because this one doesn't want to flow with the company. They remove him. Praise the Lord. So it's, it's one thing for you to desire restoration. It's another thing for you to work for it. I'm laying this foundation because as we talk about restoration this year, I don't want to just sit and say restoration is coming. No. It starts with you. It starts with you. Your relationship with God is very important. That ownership is very, very important. Tell your neighbor, ownership is very important. You see, there was a man that came to the Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Mark 10. Mark 10, 7.22. It was called the rich, wrong ruler. He desired the kingdom of God. He wanted to be there with him. And he came to Jesus. You know, at the time he came to Jesus, he was a, he was a popular man in the land. You know, maybe that time people don't want to be associated. People that are influential in the land, they don't want to be associated with, with the Lord Jesus Christ. At that time. But he came openly to approach him. It was not like that other influential man that, that went in the night to ask him questions. He came openly. He desired it. So what can I do to enter the kingdom of God? What can I do? The desire was there. And the Lord said, he gave him three basic things. According to the law of Moses. Do this, do this, the commandments. And he said, ah, I know that. From where? From my youth. And I've been observing it from my youth. But when he said the, the, the thing that he taught him, let's, let's read it. In verse Mark 10, verse, from verse 20. Mark 10, verse 20. He said, Teacher, I have from my youth kept them all. Then Jesus looked in hard in the eyes and loved him. He said, There's one thing left. Tell your neighbor, there's one thing left. There's one thing left. Go, sell whatever you own and give it to the poor. All your words will then be heavenly words. And come follow me. Hmm. The man's face. Clouded over. Igonuba started thinking. 
how will I do this? What I've worked for all my life. What makes me me? That's why they call me the young, rich ruler. I cannot leave everything and follow him because of this evil. Ah, if that's what it takes, sorry, I can't do that. Praise the Lord. That was the last thing he expected to hear. The last thing he expected to hear. And he walked off. May you not walk away from salvation. I pray again. May you not walk away from salvation. So that was the last thing he wanted to hear. He walked off with a heavy heart. He was holding on tight to a lot of things. And not about to do what? To let go. As you are there today, brethren, check yourself. What are you holding on tight to? What are you not about to let go? What is, what is not competing with your time with God? What is competing with your relationship with God? What are those things that, you know, when you think about them, you think, well, I can manage this. I, can, I, 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 I don't think I need to give this away. What those things? For this man, it was his wealth. It can be something else for you. It can be something else that you're struggling to keep, to hold on to, for any reason. Attainment of restoration is by choice. Will you make the right choice today? Will you make the right choice today? And give yourself to the Lord. To the Lord. In the book of Revelation 3.20, it's at random. Revelation 3.20. The scripture says, I'm reading from the, okay, it says, look at me. I stand at the door. I knock. If you hear me, if you hear me call and open the door, I will come right in and sit down to supper with you. I stand at the door and knock. The choice of opening that door is whose? You. It is not that he cannot enter. But he wants to give you the opportunity to let him in. That scripture is loaded. We'll be looking at it closely as the year progresses. Revelation 3.20. It's loaded. As we continue in this teaching, we'll be looking at that scripture. What does it mean for him to stand at the door? What does it mean for him to knock? What does it mean for you to be able to hear What does it mean for him to, to come in and sit with you? We'll be studying that in, in details. So did that door is knocking again tonight. And the choice is for you to make. Restoration starts with ownership changing. 